It's a new day, yes it is! the greatest podcast of all time, which is entitled The New Day. The Xavier Woods, a.k.a. Austin Creed. I am Big E, formerly known as Big E Langston, but one day I showed up to work and my name, my last name was snatched from me out of nowhere. And I have to live my life like this without a last name. But you've already heard this diatribe a time or two before, so I'll just leave it at that. (laughs) And I am Kofi Kingston. Mm. And today... Today, ladies and gentlemen, we bring you a man, a good man. Yes. A strong man. Yes. Strong. A man that is fluent in English, Arabic, and French. A man that has wrestled around the globe. Work around the world. A man that has been working for what seems to be about 45 years. Better somehow only 36. <laughs> a man that we lovingly call Coach. Coach mm. Sabai. Yes. In our hearts, in our hearts. Mm-hmm. A man that brings such great joy to the locker room. Happiness. A man who, upon his return, I leapt about my seat mm. and I sprinted towards him mm. and I put my arms around him and hugged him close. Meet on meet. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you a living legend. His name is Sammy Z. Oh my God. Yes. That's the best intro I'll ever get in my life. Wow. Oh wow. My it is. God. It is. Yeah. yeah. I don't what know where to go from there. Woo. Mm-hmm. Well, we appreciate you being on. And it's just it's good Welcome, to see you. Sam. It's good to see that face, it's Sam. Great to see you guys. Mm-hmm. I really missed you. Look at your beard looking thick, too. Look at you. Yeah. Hey. Look thick, man. I'm jealous. I think maybe I should, tri- I don't know. Should I trim it a little Absolutely bit? Absolutely not. Not at all. Trim it. No. A little For bit. Why? I don't know. I draw the line if I'm eating and I sometimes will eat my beard. Mm. You know, does that ever happen to you? No, my facial hair doesn't grow like that. No, no. no. Okay. It's not, it, well, it's not pleasant. You're trying to get a mouthful of whatever salad. You got to make sacrifices, though. Every once in a while, you know. It hurts. It hurts a This is bit. actually uh, very on, on topic to what our first, uh, I guess, our first topic is. And that's the fact that uh, many people refer to you as the Larry David of the locker room. Who are these many people? There are many, many. I've maybe heard it once. Yeah. Me for sure. Yeah, yeah me, that, I'm there. That's all. That's everybody in the room. Three, three is me. That's everybody in the room right now. <laughs> you know, that's it. You have this this innate ability to be able to take whatever topic that's being spoken about, and you have something that's hilarious to say about it, or you're just able to riff on it. Like, have you have you always been like this? I just think it's like you know, there's a lot of things that we just steamroll over, right? But if you really stop, you can expand on anything and everything's kind of interesting. You know what I mean? 100% true. Right? I mean, we, we, we say these things and we just move on. But like, hang on a sec. Let's, let's talk about this. Right. And then you, you delve into a whole, whole world of fun. But it's even, even the way you, you would tell stories. What was the story about, there was like a bagel uh, and your friend, like, is it, what, Arthur Calamitas? Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, everybody knows. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you heard his name enough times to know it's Arthur Cal- what, Was it Arthur Calla? You know it. <laughs> I'm just saying, the way you tell stories, and you're also, like myself, a big Seinfeld fan, hmm. uh, a big fan of Larry David as well. So yeah. I, I feel like... Uh, I can't think of anyone in my life that I've ever met that is more Larry David-esque. Well, 
I'll tell you, I don't know if I love that comparison because there are times I watch the show and he is infuriating. And then (laughs) I'm like, my God, I'm not sure I want to be taken in that way. There are times, especially in the earlier episodes, because, you know, just very similar to Seinfeld, Curb Your Enthusiasm, I think the longer it goes on, it it gets a little more, you know, ridiculous or whatever. And the first few seasons are very, I don't know, more reality-based or whatever. But especially in those first early seasons, it's like he makes a mountain of a molehill sometimes, which again, I'm looking at myself at. <laughs> I feel like you're pausing and you're waiting for us to be like, oh no, that's not you. Yeah. <laughs> Just agreeing in silence. Yes, yes. Go on. Continue, and please. he'll do these things and you're watching and you're like, why are you doing this? Stop it. Just stop it. Behave like a human. <laughs> Cut me off any time here. No. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. no. So there's times when, as much as I love the show and I think it's comedic genius and whatever, uh, there are times I feel like I can't watch, especially back in the DVD days, you'd pop in the DVD and you'd watch a, you know, season three or whatever. I, I couldn't watch six episodes of that back to back. It's too much. It's, he, he stresses me out. Mm-hmm. Which once again, I, I think <laughs> maybe it's like it's like wrestling matches, though. Like, no people don't usually like watch their own stuff, you know. So it's understandable <laughs> that you don't like to watch. <laughs> I can't stand watching myself. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. tell me about the match. Okay, I was there. You know, I experienced it. I don't need to watch it over again. Well, there are times, you know, when I watch him, I would often find myself agreeing with him. So I do see (laughs) there are there is a bit of an overlap. uh, And I think with the hand gestures, too, I think is part of the comparison there. But I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that one. But I feel like for the most part, it's a compliment yeah. because like even even if you're so if we keep on curb, even if you're watching it, like you're sucked in and you're interested. So there have been times where I've walked into the locker room and people are having a conversation and I'm not in the conversation. And uh, it's something I hear it, but it's like, ah, I'm, I'm fine. I don't need to be in there, but I can leave and come back. And then you're in the conversation. And all of a sudden, it's a completely <laughs> different vibe. All of a sudden, everyone's standing up, looking at you like, what are you what? And you're moving around. You're grabbing people in arm bars. You're locking up with people. I'm like, grabbing you. I'm grabbing you. <laughs> it's you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I like a good, lively debate. I like fun. I like, um, I don't know, man. I, I just don't think things need to be other, you know, sometimes some things can be very monotonous. So for example, when we're on these European tours or whatever, it can be sometimes, you know, everyone's tired and the bus is quiet and whatever. And look, there's times I want quiet. Don't get me wrong. But there, yeah, I like uh, I like a little bit of you know. But that's that's also a, you know because I like the people I'm around. When if I don't like the people, like then I don't want to be involved. And you know, as you were saying that about a conversation, and this may be one of the little differences when you were talking about hearing a conversation and it's kind of interesting but you're like oh whatever i'm not part of that conversation i like to get in that conversation i'm not subtle about it i just like rub my hands i'm like what are we talking about <laughs> let me in i want to be a part you of it will. i announce i announce my entry into the conversation and you get in uh, that reminds me of a time i don't know if you remember this but so when we went to alaska and uh you know how you can take a cup of water and then you throw it up in the air if it's cold enough, it automatically turns into like <laughs> so it turns yeah. into just like you know uh, snow or whatever or, or mist or whatever. And uh, we're out there trying to do it, and we're trying to film something legit for like .dot com. It's supposed to be like oh the new days in Alaska they're doing this, and then you come out the door, and then you just kept like getting in the video. And I think the only footage that we ended up getting was you in there with us, just like yucking it up. But I think I remember at the time you're like okay, so well, we're trying to shoot this like oh okay and you were just like in the video inserting yourself you know so I, I want to say like I, <laughs> I feel like I have a vivid rec- 
recollection, and I don't know if I'm making this up, but I feel like there may be video footage of me actually saying, wait, wait, let me go. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, don't yeah. exclude me from this. I want, I want to be a part of this. Yeah, so bad. We were trying. We were, we were going to do one with you and then do one after, but you were like, oh, are you doing it? You're doing it? You're doing it? <laughs> yeah, I want to be a part of the, I want to be so a part good. of the fun. I, I, I like the fun, man. And, you know, hey, not for nothing, but now that, uh, you know, this all this COVID stuff and everything and then the locker rooms and, and me not being at work for all these months. And what, what, were one, what was one of my big rants on these tour, tours was always, man, we got to enjoy this now because we're not all going to be together for, for, you know, forever. The locker room changes. Everything changes. Now COVID has changed the game a little bit. Uh, and I miss that, man. I want to go on tour. I want to be on the bus with you guys. I want to yeah, laugh. Right. I want to. I want to throw woods in an arm bar while we're waiting. For, <laughs> while we're waiting for our luggage to come on the charter. I mean, those are those are really precious precious memories for me. Precious times with the arm bar. I, I always loved them because <laughs> I took me I don't know maybe five or six years to realize this about you. But you'd say a joke, and I'd, I'd always kind of chuckle. You know, but I realized whoever was laughing the least or not laughing at all, you would physically get closer to them and like repeat it. And then you would do it X amount of times until you were right up on them. And that's when you grab them in an arm bar and you start. <laughs> so you make them laugh at something. So it like validates the joke. You know, like, probably my favorite thing about you because I can just see it. Like the anxiety of someone not laughing. Like, uh, uh, I got to put them in an arm bar and then it's all good. And I, I love that. I love it so much. Oh. I think oh, I can't stop laughing. <laughs> uh, I so, but you were the one who pieced that together. I didn't know that. And when you're saying it now, I'm like, I'm like who is this insecure loser? <laughs> no, <laughs> like, no. Laugh at my joke? Oh God, they're not laughing. Let me physically accost them. <laughs> you're learning a lot about yourself, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. are. This is what our podcast is. It's a therapy session. No, but, it, but it's funny. Okay, so WWE, but joining WWE made me really aware of so many of my own actions because, okay, so uh, I came in and, and you were there, obviously, Woods, and E, you were just leaving developmental, but Bill DeMott era NXT or developmental FCW. And it was the big mantra was like, perception is reality, perception is reality. So, and, and uh, even though I was 28 when I got there, I don't think I was a fully mature person in, in some ways. Uh, and I don't think I was fully aware of how I, I had my interpretation of what I thought I was. But then there's also like, oh, wait, people don't agree with that <laughs> assessment. <laughs> I, I see myself one way and other people are seeing me in a very different way. And, uh, and it was astounding a little bit because it made me a lot more uh, aware of how, I don't know, my actions are perceived by people who are not me. You know, because I don't know. I don't know. I know. I, I, maybe, maybe this armbar thing is, is lumped in there somehow with all that. <laughs> but I, I think that's great. Oh, sorry. Go, go ahead. E. So how did you perceive yourself then that was different than how people perceived you? Well, just for example, uh, what, what I might perceive as like fun loving or whatever, like, hey, let's have some good chat on the bus might be like, man, this guy's annoying. <laughs> right. Or what I might see is like when I'm trying to put a match together is like a, a passion or a perfectionist, whatever might be like, this guy's insufferable and who cares? You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's a, it's a, it's just a different viewpoint. And I always just look through my own lens, but being surrounded with all these different people with different point of views, uh, starts making you look at yourself through their lens and you're like, Oh, how about that? <laughs> is that because like being such an introspective person, that's something that you enjoy. Cause like you said, so you were, you were 28 when you signed. Um, so I, I was 25 and I, I felt the same exact thing as I spent years on the roster around so many people who all wanted the same goal, but were literally all from different places, all did different things to get here. I went through that same thing of, of seeing how other people saw me and realizing not that like, there's like something wrong with me, but like understanding how, not to rub people the wrong way and still be myself and do that. Like, what was that process like for you? Do you feel like you're like, you obviously feel more mature now, but like, what was that transition like for you? Actually, it's funny because now that you mention it, I, I remember you pulling me aside pretty early when I was going through some growing pains there uh, with my new surroundings a little bit, because, you know, I don't know, again, on the independence, it's just a bit of very different mindset. It, it very much is like, we're all buddies and we're all just doing this. And there's like a very, very slight 
uh, it's not, I wouldn't really call it a competitive nature. I mean, everybody wanted to do good and have great matches, but it's not like you viewed the other person as a threat. And I think when you come to WWE, especially back then, very different now, but back then you were almost taught it fostered a bit of a, of a culture wherein the person next to you is not your friend. He's your, he's your threat. He's a threat to your success, which isn't accurate, but it was, you know, it's whatever. It was kind of the culture at the time. So I remember struggling with that because I'm here to have fun and let's all be friends and let's all have great matches. And let's do this. And I'm getting something different from what I used to get in return. And I remember you pulling me aside and being like, look, man, I was the same way. I was like you, but crazier. I was a nut. I was laughing, joking, crazy, bouncing off the wall. I was like, you know, you were, you were just, you almost described yourself as just like spastic and like at a 10 all the time. Right. And you were like, I had to learn to tone it down and I had to learn to put on this armor or this facade to coexist or to, or to succeed within this framework. So I remember that that really struck a chord with me because it was a little disheartening and it was a little like a, not to, I feel like I really brought this down. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is, this this is, this is, real, this is a real thing because yeah, like you yeah. said, it's, it's, it's much different now than it was. And so like in order to, to vibe in that kind of environment, like you have to turn into a chameleon at times. And then once you're, once you're there and you feel like you've got a foothold, now you can come out and be like, ha ha, this is me. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. But you can't, and this is, uh, I think what has followed me around. This is definitely what's followed me around for a long time without really me connecting the dots and I finally started kind of connecting the dots, but if I actually trace back my behavior for years, it has been a lot of like too comfortable, too quick. And that's just not part of the culture, which makes sense. I understand that because if I see somebody else doing it, I'd be like, who, who is, who does this guy think he is first day on the job and feet on the table, that kind of a thing, you know, but I've totally been guilty of that, but I guess just oblivious to it because I don't think my intentions are malicious. So somehow I, I get a pass or something. Maybe I was giving myself a pass on it or just not aware of my own actions or, or how other people would interpret these actions. Right. Anyway, the only reason I'm bringing this up and saying it was disheartening was there was almost this like adult. And again, I'm 28 and I've traveled the world at this point. So you would think like, Oh, 28, you're an adult and you've done all these things. Like, you know, you kind of got it together, but I still didn't really have that realization, that heartbreaking moment where you realize like, Oh, you can't just be yourself because people, you have to like put on this facade. And amazingly, actually, if anything, that's an ama- a testament to how amazing my life was that I only learned that lesson at 28. <laughs> you know, like most people learn that lesson when they're six and, you know, something goes awry at school and they're like, oh, can't do that anymore. Or I'm uh, shamed or I'm victimized or I'm humiliated or whatever. I only start piecing that together at 28. <laughs> when I've already signed for the biggest wrestling company in the world. And all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, you can't just go up to someone and start pushing them and laughing and putting them in an arm bar. If you don't know them that well, Oh, <laughs> life lesson learned. It's a good thing. Cause I think that uh, while it, you're saying like brings the mood down, like I, I, I feel like it's also a good thing because it's almost like we're, we're learning how to respect other people's boundaries rather than assuming everyone has the same boundaries as us. And, and it's like, I, like you said, I was the same exact way. And once I realized that like, Oh, it's not that I necessarily can't be myself. It's that I have to respect how other people are because not everyone is like me. Right. That's a great point. That's a it reminds point. me of a conversation that Woods and I had, I think, fairly recently where, where we talked about kind of how we were in grade school. And Woods talked about how he's always trying to like, you, you were trying to interact with the quiet kids and trying to get them involved and be friendly. Um, but I think back to me being an introvert, being very quiet. I'm so much more outspoken now. But at the time, I had a very small circle of people I talked to. And even then, I wasn't that close. And my memories of school were people like you and Woods. It wasn't like, <laughs> oh, these, these guys are great and they're really trying to it's it's no i'm not in constant search or need for friendship and interaction some people just like being alone so it's it's all like i come from the other end of that spectrum where for me like people like you guys are are too much for me at least at that point in my life where i'm very quiet and i'm not like i said i'm not yearning to be connected with i actually want to i want this time alone and to be with myself so it's interesting too and my time with fcw and getting there was again coming from the other end of the spectrum where people if you keep to yourself people often think oh you're arrogant or you don't want to get along so i had to kind of learn to ramp it up where you guys had to so it's kind of like a meeting in the middle with personalities which i think is interesting 
which is funny too, because like, you know, we talk about like, you know, one of us being at one end of the spectrum while the other one's at the other. I feel like me, I was right in the middle. I know. I was like, cause if somebody was like loud, you know, or like really friendly, I'm like, Oh, you want to be friends? Cool. That's all right. But if I like needed or need to have time to myself, like that's cool too. You know what I mean? Cause I, I think, cause I was an only child up until I was seven or eight, you know what I mean? So like having that alone time was something that I got used to not necessarily like crave, but then from seven, obviously until now, having siblings, you get used to having that like that that interaction. You know what I'm saying? So it's just yeah. funny listening to you guys on the opposite ends of the spectrum. I was like, oh, I am right in the middle, like exactly in the middle of this uh, perspective. <laughs> I, I feel like, I, I feel like that's, why, that's how people would describe Kofi. Like no one, he, he's so balanced. <laughs> and he's so, you know what I mean? He can, man, respect, respect. 100%. Here we go. It's, Here we it's very easy to like, be turned off by someone's personality, but then you meet Kofu, who is like the the perfect, like even keel, even tempered. Yeah. Like he's not <laughs> gonna blow up and get mad and like yell and scream. He's not gonna be boo boo face. Like I, I, but I he can. You're, I admire you. I admire you. <laughs> I've seen Kofi Quiet, who just wants to keep his headphones on and not be a part of anything. Or I've seen him leading the charge, doing you know, doing his thing, like you know, oh, when he plays sir. video games. Oh, not like this, Sam. That's there's no need. Though. There's no need for this. And Mr. Gacho no kicks in. Hey, it's, it's, an, it's an alter ego. You know what I mean, Mr. Twenty Four Seven AK. I'm just saying that, gotcha. that that range lives within you, and you're you're really live most of the time in the middle, and you can kind of just in a healthy way, go to one end or the other. And I think healthy is the key word there. You know, when you're, if you're too far on one end or too far on the other, you know, like anything (laughs) on moderation and you know, the old expression, but anyway. Sammy, one of the things that you mentioned that I wanted to, like you mentioned probably 10 minutes ago at this point, but uh, to me, like the real essence, I think in many ways of what our business is, is life on the road and it's the road trips. And it's, the, and so many, when I think of wrestling stories, they're almost all in the car or some place we stopped or at the hotel. And I do miss that elements of our business. And I, I hope we can get back to some of it at some point, but I, I really wonder how the perception of what it means to be a professional wrestler from like an inside perspective will change when, you know, we go to work once a week and we go home and it's not the same. We don't have a road life any, not in the same way, at least. Yeah. You're, are you, are you asking if you think the fraternal culture of wrestling is going to go by the wayside because of all this? Kind I, of. Think, I think that's, I think that's very fair. I think that's a yeah. fair uh, prediction of how all this stuff will affect us. And, you know, I, I was just saying this the other day, but I don't have kids uh, and certainly not kids who are in school. So I don't, I really wonder how that's going to affect them now as well. I mean, you've got Kofi, you've got, you know, Kai's in school and everything like that, but he's homeschooled, right? Well, we homeschool. That's the thing. So like, we're kind of in a different boat, you know, yeah. uh, where a lot of people uh, are, I guess like parents kind of got worried about being home with their kids for so long. And then on top of that too, like the way that we homeschool is different than the virtual curriculums that people, you know, that public schools have to do. So um, I don't know if I can give a fair assessment as far as like what most people are going through, but um, that we, we think about that all the time. Like even yeah. just human interaction now, like if, you know, people are wearing masks, like you, you can't see the expressions on their faces. So how do you become like socially aware of like, how somebody's feeling, you know, like how does that affect somebody growing up? And, and we're not going to know until our kids grow up and they're able to kind of really express like how it affected them and how, um, you know, how, how it was. So yeah, it's, it's a very strange time where nobody really knows like what's going on. And there is no, like, we don't have anything to compare this to. This is really unprecedented. Yeah. And they say unprecedented times, like it really is. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was that the roof, roof, roof raising again? Or? I, yeah. You know, I, I'm still raising the roof from before the show. We were talking about how we need to bring raising the roof back and we were agreeing on that, but I was just not giving air quotes and simultaneously like raising yeah. the roof. But I think that was leftover <laughs> roof raising from earlier in the show. The roof does need to be raised more. I think we're all in agreement about that. I don't know about that. I'll go ahead and raise it one time. Come on, raise it. I'll go ahead and raise it. 
E, are you being honest with us? I know you got high ceilings in that mansion. I know you got high ceilings in the mansion, but raise the roof, bro. I'm lowering the roof. Come on, not raise the roof. For some reason, I can't do it stationary. I just need to lean in. I think it's because you're used to Booker T doing it with the flames. Or Teddy Long, too. Teddy Long, he'll hit an angle now on that roof raise. Does anybody in wrestling hit a raise the roof on 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 two feet or is it always one foot i called ultimate, war, ultimate warrior <laughs> ultimate warrior kind of yeah. ultimate warrior okay yes. fair call wow he was ahead of the game hell raise hell raise oh but you know what he wasn't raising the roof he was uh he was he was simulating the gorilla press i am gonna lift him is what he was saying mm, right with his so he's raising the person yeah, raising the person. Raising the person. Raising the person. What if the person's name was Rufus? What if the person's name was Rufus? If the person's name was Rufus, is he raising the roof? Because I don't know if he Rufus roof, roof for short. Yeah, I don't think he did. I don't think he ever worked with Rufus. You gotta look into it. You gotta look into the history. You mean Jericho's Rufus, right? Yeah. That was Ralphus. Ralphus. Ralphus, sorry. We should raise the Ralphus, too. We should raise the Ralph. If you can't raise the roof, raise the Ralph. Will you raise the Ralph? E? I mean, you, if you won't raise the roof, will you raise the Ralph at least? Yeah. Come on, I please. suppose I'll, I'll raise the Ralph. Thank you. Raise the Ralph. Hashtag raise the Ralph, y'all. Don't hashtag that. Please don't. And tag E incessantly. Okay, so this this kind of goes in line with raising the roof. We your we shoulders for this, if you're comfortable talking about it. When you came out and you were at Cena and you do your thing on the stairs and you raise your arms up and both your shoulders go out. No, one like, shoulder goes What shoulder? Sorry, sorry. One shoulder goes like... like I've always thought, and we've talked about it like a little bit, like throughout your entire career, everything that you've done, I would imagine is in your head, like culminating up to like this moment, this match, this time that you get in the ring. Like what's going through your head as soon as that happens? Like, like, like how did you mentally get through that match? Well, so the thing is, I, I didn't really know what happened at the time because it happened so fast. I think it like popped out and popped in right away. So quick that I almost, there was almost some denial that did something just happen or was that, did, did it just pop? You know, was it just crack, a pop? I don't even know what that was, but it scared me a little bit. And so when my arm went down, it, it was back in. Everything seemed fine. And I, if you watch the footage back, I'm kind of like moving it to see if it was in my head or not. And everything seems fine. Also, another fun, nothing to do with the shoulder, but another fun <laughs> fact about that is that it is my debut for, as far as I know, my debut against John Cena, the biggest star maybe ever. Uh, in my hometown, I'm getting this amazing hero's welcome. And before the match, I had put some Vicks VapoRub under my nose. And it looks, it coagulated <laughs> on my mustache. <laughs> and so it looks like in my big debut after all these years, it looks like I have a booger right on my nose. So there's that, that little tidbit. If you go, if you do go back and watch the footage is what I'm saying. And you see what appears to be a booger. It's not, it's Vicks Mabel Run. Mm-hmm. So I get in the ring and mm-hmm. I'm telling either the ref or Bret Hart, who's not looking <laughs> on me, uh, say, I think my shoulder just went out, but Brett's already somewhere else, you know? And I'm trying to tell Cena, I, th- I said, I think my shoulder popped, but he's from across the ring. So at this point, I, I feel fine, but I don't, don't know what just happened. We wrestle for about a minute or so, and then he gives me a back suplex. And when he gives me the back suplex, that's when it's out and it's not going back in. And so I'm, tr- I'm trying to roll to the apron and I my arm is just dead, so I can't even roll. And I think when I'm finally, when I finally do roll, it goes back in place. So then the doctor gets in the ring and he goes, uh... Are you okay? I'm like, can you pop it back in? And he goes, well, is it out or is it in? I said, what? (laughs) 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 I don't know. You have to tell me. Is it out or is it in? I have no idea. But he's like, can you move it? And I'm moving it. And uh, I said, okay, just, uh, I'm going to keep going. Just stand by. And then we went on to have, I don't know, like maybe 15 minutes and it was really good and great. So it was just such a turbulent night emotionally, just such highs and lows. And what a, what a, ah, the journey of life, man. (laughs) You know, like it had it all, what an all encompassing night, the highs and the lows, just kind of amazing when you think back on it now. It's wild because everybody obviously comes in in so many different ways. And to see. I, I didn't have that Woods debut. <laughs> <laughs> you better thank the heavens for that. You better thank the heavens Which for that. Which I have said on record, in my opinion, 
the worst debut in pro wrestling history. <laughs> it's got to be worse. I mean, it was it was up there. I'd actually like to do some research and find. I think if if someone wants to make like a bottom ten like worst bottom, debuts bottom of all time, debuts. yeah. <laughs> well, it's just because like I just so like in TNA I came in I came in as our truth's black friend. Yep. And then in WWE he goes, hey, and here's 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 Xavier Woods. Like, wait, who? Like, oh wait, you're you're redebuting the same exact way. <laughs> but you're you're missing one of the most amazing things is that you weren't acknowledged until you were in the ring. So if you're a viewer at home, you're watching our truths come out, and you're like, who? Who is this other person? <laughs> Why is this man walking with our truth? I don't even know who he is. Oh, and then he starts talking, and it's not even the first thing he says, if my memory is correct. No. He starts launching into something else. He goes, oh, my goodness. I almost forgot. <laughs> this guy right here, you might be wondering... <laughs> Who's this guy? And why is he with me? It's my friend, Xavier Woods. Cool. <laughs> it, was just, it was incredible. So, like, you know, when you think of the worst debuts of all time, I know the instinct is to maybe jump at like a shock master or something like that because it's so catastrophic, but but it's so catastrophically hilarious that it's become legendary. True. Right. Woods. Here's a toy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Woods is just so forgettable that it's yeah. 100%. <laughs> thank no, god you turned it into the career that you did but that's again a testament to you and a credit to you and your ability because you, my god talk about trying to <laughs> dig yourself out of a hole wow, wow. and if it, if it helps i've since i've been on the main roster i've never once had my own theme music that's right seriously <laughs> That's Never. Right. Solo? Whoa. No, no solo. I had this is music. Oh, <laughs> that. man. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I've never oh, had gotta, my own theme music. We got to like yeah, sing out a song or something. Maybe, maybe like when we come out next time, we tell them to hush our music down. <laughs> and then we just <laughs> sing a special song. <laughs> and if they won't make one, we'll just sing you a song, man. Just something yeah. like that, yeah. <laughs> we just have you walk down the ramp. There's something to this. This could be something. We'll sing you out. Yeah. We'll sing you out. Or a trombone solo, maybe. Something like, I don't know. Yeah. We gotta figure no, something you, out. You, you gotta be able to, like, you can't play yourself out. You know what I mean? Why like, not? I don't know. It just That's feels like cool. it should be about you, like the, the, the adoration. You should be standing there while everyone is, you yeah. shouldn't be doing the work. It should nah, be about nah. you for a while. It should be about I stay, you. I stayed doing work. No, we'll no, get you I the say, rain, you know Pyro. What? No, we got to make this happen. This nah, is you know, at this point, I, I've shown that you don't need it to to, to get over. That's no, it. you don't. Yeah, fair, <laughs> fair. Wow. If you want to give it to me, I'll take it though. What a career you had, and never had your own music. That's unprecedented. <laughs> Again. Speaking of speaking of speaking of wanting to get over, Sam, I, 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 this actually just came to my head. Okay, because uh, you used to have a a T shirt back in the day. And it was you on the t-shirt. Oh my god. And it said <laughs> the underdog from the underground. Now, if you take the first letters of that, it makes you the oof too. U-F-T-U. <laughs> and I always said if you were to come out and just make your arms into a, a U looking up at the sky, and everybody in the crowd do the same thing because U stands for underground, underdog from the underground, and you are the Uftu, and you come out. Now people are making signs about it. You're cutting promos talking about Uftu. If anybody can get the, get the acronym over, it's you, you know? And now people are coming out. Uftu, and you come out and you throw that U up, and you can you imagine a whole crowd just standing up and doing this, but you never, you never embrace that. You know, and I feel like it would have made you a lot of money. You know, um, um, maybe, yeah. maybe you don't. Maybe you don't like money. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like wasn't there a dance too? I feel like it was like a crowd dance. It's like crowd you would do dance, the you, yeah. oh, the you crowd crowd dance. Dance. and you stomp your foot into the <laughs> ground, and you just let it, the, <laughs> let it reverberate through your body. You know, and it's oof too, and you're looking up into the crowd. You're not, you're not, you're not, you're not acknowledging anybody yeah, in the crowd. You're looking up into the, the heavens. Eyes yeah. roll as far back <laughs> as they can roll up. A man possessed, and everybody is looking up into the heavens, and the you, and they're throwing it. They're, they're you know, everyone's throwing it up. Oof, Can you imagine what could have been? And Sammy, I'll tell you right now though, bro, it's not too late. Okay. It's never too late. I know you've, you know, you've fallen into your, uh, your, your character and it's coming along swimmingly. You've done your thing. You've established yourself, but it is never too late to throw up that. You just think about it, man. If you, you know, <laughs> if you want money and you like money, <laughs> Okay. Now, for, for you people who are hearing this at home Bang. with your headphones or watching this online or whatever, imagine this rant that you just got 
every day, <laughs> every time you came back from a match, coming back and looking over to Kofi, perhaps for approval from this locker room leader, like, did I do good, sir? And instead, <laughs> he just shakes his head, disappointed that he didn't throw up the U. Didn't throw it up. Then, Damn it, tonight was another chance wasted, and I don't know how I'm going to get through to you. And it was a good two years of this. That's it. You know, I mean, you know, good match with John Cena and everything, but that that you, you know, if you would have just... If you would have just thrown up the U, it would have meant so much more. You know, like back in the day, like the veterans would get mad when you wouldn't listen to their advice. You yeah. know, so luckily yeah. this wasn't like yeah. a yeah, decade prior. I might have pooped, yeah. pooped in your back. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If it was back then, I might have pooped in your back. <laughs> But luckily, we're, we've moved beyond that. What are you doing? I'm taking a dump in Sammy's bag. He won't throw up the U. Again? Oh, but get, get him. You got to. You got to now. Let me, you know, let me get some. Let me, let me get this. You told him to throw up the U and do the dance, and he didn't do it? Bring that to the row. Bring that to the row. Yeah. Straight up house show. Do it at TV. Come on. Hey, you know? Man, don't you guys miss house shows a little bit? Oh, God, I miss Yeah, house man. It's true. Man, so much fun. It is, man. Oh, strange. That was where I feel like you did some of your best work is house shows and European tours. And when I say best work, I mean backstage. Getting the boys riled up because you are a man. My entering career is a footnote now. The real legacy, the real work (laughs) is popping the boys. Because that you live for the pop. And one day, the pop, uh, the pop. you will die by the pop. We always said it, yeah. Cause of death, the pop. The pop. It'll be on your own. Yep. We're going to be at Mania's, Mania 60, and we're going to be old. Hey, what's going on, guys? And Sammy's like, hey, watch. Want to see me climb this ladder one more time, boys? Uh, no, Sammy, don't do it. You're too old. No, check it out. There's tables everywhere. I'll take a ball. One more time. Come on. Just looking for playing, the pop. While he's laying there, we're going to get real close to his ear. And he's going to say, did the boys... Pop for me. <laughs> One last time. <laughs> Those are his last words. That's his last words. What, can, I, can, I, can I help you? Can I help you feel better? Just come closer. Oh, closer. Just one more pop. For the pop. For the ramster. And you pop one time for the ramster. <laughs> so when, when we made this joke, you guys have had this joke about dying for the pop. I always envisioned me on my deathbed, and for some reason, I'm surrounded by you guys. We all have white hair. <laughs> oh, can you just give me one more pop? <laughs> just one more pop. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Big Fish. Have you ever seen that movie? No. A long oh, time ago. Yeah. So sad. But uh, that, that scene will get you. Basically, uh, no, I'm not even going to launch into it, but it reminded me of Big Fish where he, he tells this one last extravagant story on his deathbed or whatever. And I feel like that's me, but <laughs> it's not my son. It's you guys <laughs> surrounding me on my deathbed, <laughs> giving me a fake pop just so I can go and be. Just, just going to be your wife and family will love hearing this. Yes. Just the boys. Just the boys. Get out. Get out. I don't want the boys. The boys only. I've given you enough of my life already. Give me my chance with the boys. (laughs) Oh my God. Damn, Sam, I miss you. I miss you, Sam. I'm gonna pop hard as hell for you, dude. I don't know if you want to be an agent or whatnot, and it's not even like for the matches or structure. I just we just need you around when you're old and gray. Just just popping the boys, please. Popping the boys. And I'm not saying it has to be a, a daily thing, but <laughs> once a month, just come in and pop. Yeah. The boys. I mean, you know, Arn Arn was still around as a producer for a long time, still popping the boys. Oh my god, and that yes. wasn't that wasn't, and that but, but Arn was different because I don't think he was trying to pop no. the boys. He was just so entertaining <laughs> as a person. Everybody just loved being around him and hearing him talk, and, and then we would all impersonate him and whatever. Yeah. 
his primary function was to help put matches together. But I feel with me, that's, that's, that's an aside. Right. In fact, we don't even really want you contributing to the work or the product. No. Just yeah. hang out. And if someone looks like they're down, just put them in an arm bar and yeah, just what we need. Get over there. Man, Arn was a strange conversation. I missed that about Arn, and we need you to fill that role. But uh, this is random. But uh, Celeste, just to pop me from time to time, would send me a picture. She took a picture of Arn shirtless, <laughs> ironing his shirt once. <laughs> and he doesn't seem to have any idea that his picture's being taken. <laughs> and it just popped me so much. Just <laughs> Why did you take this? Why do you have this? <laughs> this is like five, six years later. Why is this still a thing? And that's what we need. That's what's the kind of morale we need. Mm-hmm. And, and I think Arn would pass the torch to you. I think it's totally fitting. You, you, you clearly have some more years left, obviously, doing your thing in the ring. But uh, after that, just hurry up, finish that up real quick. Yeah, get, get through it. Get through it, you know? But, you know, I don't know, because you guys particularly enjoy this, but I, I would assume there's a good segment of the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast are gonna think, my God, Sammy is so beloved backstage, and he is just—he is the funniest guy, and they love having him around. I think it's just these guys. Yeah. Just so, so do, is it is the consensus we need to pull our money together and get Sammy on retainer? Well, Jamie Noble told me. So Jamie's a producer backstage. I uh, love Jamie, but he told me when I so Jamie was around when I saw Sammy for the first time when he came back. Got up, gave him a big old hug excitedly and Jamie told me that he had the opposite reaction he said as soon as he saw Sammy he, he like walked away I hadn't seen Jamie okay I hadn't seen Jamie no more. <laughs> I, uh, I hadn't seen him in five months, nor had I really communicated with almost anybody in the company in that time. Yeah. I'm walking in the hallway and I see Jamie and he he actually walked around as if imagine I had like a radius around me and he walked in a, around my radius, around my aura, not just around me, around any 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 electrons or protons that might be in my vicinity. He wanted nothing to do with my immediate range. He walked around and he said these words. Oh, I actually didn't say these words because I'm paraphrasing, but he said something along the lines of like, oh, stay away from me. You've got enough heat. I haven't said a word. I haven't, I haven't done anything. I come back and I'm immediately like so nuclear that he needs to walk around me. I'm saying, well, what have I done? So I don't know. Oh, yeah, it yeah, might just be us. It might be us. And at least, you know, yeah. if, we're, if we're there, you got three people to pop it, whatever you That's say. That's right. You know, I really, I think about it and there's almost no one that I really dislike. The locker room's great these days. It's I really great. It. Really it's do. a great vibe. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, you know, you're just talking about like 10 years ago, how I would have had poop in my bag because I didn't throw up the U. <laughs> That's right. I didn't do the oof to character as I was yeah. ordered by the locker room veteran. And you uh, know, yeah, I'd have been up in there. Yeah, I'm so glad those days are gone. I'm so glad. <laughs> yeah, and Kofi, again, Kofi is incredible because he's so one of us, but he's also like a relic in a way because he experienced that past mm. generation. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, we're really. You're one of the few people in the locker room that did both. That's that's experienced this locker room and experienced the locker room in what was it, 07, 06? 03? I'm not, I'm not truth. You know what I'm saying? You know, I, 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 <laughs> the locker room, even in, uh, even when I got here and, and or started doing shows on the road in 13, 2013, it was night and day versus what it is. Yeah. So yeah. let alone 08. I mean, it's still the, the characters and the, the culture was completely different. 
Yeah. So you've really seen that whole 180. Yeah, you, you saved it. You saved it. You know, I was going to go on a tirade about you uh, <laughs> using, comparing me to a relic and, you know, a relic's being ancient and, and old and stuff, you know, of that nature. But yeah, you're right, man. You're right. It wasn't the right word. It wasn't. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. I loved it. It was very no, It wasn't. It wasn't. I'd like, I'd like to, before Kofi goes into this, I'd like, uh, you were disrespecting him saying relic and you said you're not our truth. And like, that's Kofi. Wow. Oh, I got to pass it. Great point. Great point. Oh, wow. No, no, but truth, truth, that, that truth has embraced that. Truth has been around since. Since the beginning of time truth was one of the uh, I think he was in the first wrestling match ever you know he's like a vampire he hasn't aged and every, like he's embraced that you know I mean everybody everybody know that you know we, everyone wants to find out the secret to the fountain of youth that is truth he looks the exact same I'm picturing like George Hackenschmidt versus our truth Blue Jazz versus our truth same outfit everything he was ahead of his time you know yeah. Yeah. same outfit it's it just like the 20s truth come out get rowdy <laughs> move something <laughs> Get rowdy. Well, hold on. Excuse me, sir. Excuse me. There's a variety of reasons Come I wouldn't wear to the 20s. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're going to have to dance around the audience. Moving on. Moving on. Oh, man. <laughs> Well, if you were talking this morning, uh, a thing that we had to do, we were talking about how you don't eat meat anymore. Yeah, man. Yeah, we were talking about, uh, you know, not eating meat. And uh, I, I looked to Sam. So I feel like there's like a, a group of us, right? There's like a small, like niche group, especially we were talking about going to Europe, you know, we'll be in the oh, airport definitely. and then we'll be conversing with each other and being like, oh, hey, uh, you find any vegan spots or any uh, like meat-free spots? Any good? So we just kind of like get into a circle, you know, we figure out like where the good spots are, then we fan off. Everyone gets their information. Then we're all like texting with each other. So I appreciate the, uh, the, you know, that, that kinship that we have because people don't understand, like, it's really easy just to be able to go out and eat whatever it is that you want to eat. You know, you want to go to McDonald's and get yourself some fries and, you know, whatever it is and, and, and bacon and all that stuff. You can do that. You can do that. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, like for us, we got to work, we're on a different work for our meal. Yeah, we got to work. Yeah, we have to suffer. We have to suffer. We have, we have to, to suffer. suffer. Yeah, and earn, yeah. and earn our meal. You know what I'm yeah, saying? People yeah, don't understand. Yeah. It's like back in the days of like, you know, like hunting and gathering. You had to go what? out there and you had to, you had to go out there and work for your meal. You had to go out there and work for your meal. Don't you dare compare so yourself to a hunter gathering. We gotta go out there and we gotta scout. We gotta scout. Sometimes we'll go into catering, we can't eat anything because they put dairy into all the sauces. They put uh, uh, fish oil on all the pasta. Why? You know? They put Put uh, uh, beef curds. I, I, like, they just decorate. They put meat on everything. So now we got Sam Zayn trying to order special meals. He ordered yeah. us a real good chickpea <laughs> sauce. Some kind of delicacy. Of course. Yeah. How can I forget? When you work hard for a meal, you remember your meals. I bet these guys don't even remember what they ate this morning. That's very bougie. I, I still appreciate yourself. eating this burrito and I'm still eating it. Thank you. That's very bougie of yourself I'm to compare saying. yourself to a hunter-gatherer. How dare you? It's very when, you can, when you know you can go to catering and just ask for a vegan meal, <laughs> yeah. you know you can. Come on. And they make you a, a separate meal. That's very bougie of you. Before we talk about the, 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 the vegan meals in, in catering, I just want to say to the people who are listening to this on audio who didn't see the video of this, as Kofi was talking about the veganism, the look on Biggie's face, I can only describe as incredulous. <laughs> but then when Kofi compared himself to ancient hunter-gatherers, that is when he couldn't take it anymore. It was too much. And he, and he, he burst and lunged forward at the screen. And what? That was his line. That was his line. I support you people and your lifestyles. <laughs> Really do. Hold on a damn minute. You really do. And it's something that I've even considered myself, but how dare you how, yeah, to, yeah. to compare yourself to You'll human see. beings who had to go out into the world and didn't know if they were coming back to their families. Same just, thing. Just to hunt for, it's not the what same if we don't, What if we don't get the meal? What if, we don't, what if we don't find a meal? Thank God we found a meal every time, but we could very easily not find one. This goes back a little bit to, to earlier uh, having a loud personality. So I never went around telling the whole locker room like, hey, you know, you should stop eating meat because I stopped eating meat and being vegan, vegan. I don't push vegan propaganda, but somehow everybody knows I'm vegan. Now, how does that happen? <laughs> what do you mean somehow? <laughs> One of the ways is on these European tours, you know, I'm saying, oh, there's nothing for me to eat and I'm, I'm vocal about it. And then we get to catering. And as Kofi said, you know, Kofi, God bless him, not one to, 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 not one to, to, to raise a stir, okay? If there's not a lot of options, 
Okay, he'll just make himself a salad and that's fine. I'll make do. I have it in my head where this is an injustice. This is, this is why just because I have this dietary choice, should I not be allowed to have hot food like everybody else? That's not right. So I go and I'm, I'm negotiating with the, the hotel staff and I'm saying, Hey, uh, is there any options? There aren't, you got anything in the back? And, and then the next thing you know, I'm meeting with the, the executive chef and uh, what do you like? Oh, I don't know. Hey, Kofi, what do you, what do you like? And uh, Brian, what do you like? And, and they'll make us these special meals on these tours for the vegan little club, which is maybe four or five of us. Uh, and then, you know, I have noticed the meat eaters will glance over mm-hmm. with a tinge of jealousy. They sure that do. We're getting this, this, and he, I, I don't know. Yeah, they do. You know, you, you feel it. it. You know you what I'm talking it. about. Yeah. Because all of a sudden we went from not even having <laughs> hot food to all of a sudden gourmet plates whipped right. up just for us. And they go, wait a minute. Why am I eating this pasta? You know, and then this, this, uh, people always complain about the chicken breast, this salt and pepper chicken breast. Mm, right. And you're there having some gourmet, you know, chana masala or whatever. Uh, chana masala, yeah. 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 Well, it's, you know, you guys have a little club too, and everybody wants to be part of a little club. Right. <laughs> well, it's, I think it's more club envy than anything, honestly. Uh, yes, you see, you want to be part of the pod. Yeah. You want to be part of the pod. Yeah, a little bit. You're me, man. You're me. You're just doing Oh, don't say that. Yes, yes. Say that. We all just want to be loved and, and love and be loved and be part of a little club and all be friends, you know, and come on over. The water's fine over here. Water's fine. I was so happy when, uh, cause I know it was a very gradual process for Kofi cut out red meat for the longest time. And then eventually was you never really ate fish, right? Or. Uh, I, I ate fish and chicken and I cut out dairy and then I cut out fish and chicken last June. So yeah, yeah. over a year. Crazy. Yeah. I'm thrilled to get a new club member for the fun and for the, for, for, what, for, for the text messages and for what you said, this little like, Oh, did you find this? Oh, you got to go here. Yeah. You got laughter. I love fun. I love fun. God help me. It's going to kill me one day. It's going to kill me one day. We'll be there for you. We'll be there for you. Oh my God. And when I'm on my deathbed, I know I can, I know who will be looking back at me. I just know it's going to be one of us because we got our like our little text group and one of us will send a text. Hey guys, it's it's about time. Yeah. Wait for what? For what? Sam, man, we got to, we got to go to him. He needs us. Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> the vocal cords ready. You know the okay. it, how they all have this like childhood trauma and then they all meet from different yeah. corners of the country yeah. and yeah, yeah. they reconvene. Yeah. I'll be my, my, my impending death will be the thing <laughs> that brings you back all from all different corners of the country. First of all, there's no way that I outlive you. That's not happening. So I, mean, I hate to tell you, maybe I'll send you know, uh, Why, why, why? What kind of crazy thing is that to say? I don't know. You got, I got this enlarged heart too. I assume it's enlarged. I don't even know. It's probably big. <laughs> you can't just throw these things out. Why not? I, I, well, I assume I have a medical condition that will cause me to die young. I don't know. I'm just sure. Probably. Look at me. I mean, you're vegan. You eat clean. Uh, yeah. You, so you I'm get hit by a bus tomorrow. And you and that big old heart. <laughs> That's the heart I'm worried about. <laughs> so much love. So much love. But do, you even, with love. do you have any inkling? Have you been given any inkling by any medical professional that there's any sort of issue? Uh, the only thing is, uh, no one will care about this minutia, but I heard, actually learned from the doctor. So we do these uh, EKGs, we get physicals every year. Uh, and uh, so actually I was told that all the years of exertion from like working out thickens the walls of your heart. So despite losing a lot of weight, uh, doing more cardio, eating, eating very clean lately, uh, I have a thicker heart wall because I've been working out. I started working out seriously when I was 12, but even before then, probably when I was like nine or 10, I would like work out with sandwich. So I've been, I've been exerting for a very long time. <laughs> Your boy and, loves uh, to exert. Your boy loves to exert. I do love to exert. Y'all know that's that about e, me. That's what the E stands for. Yeah. <laughs> I can't quit. I can't yeah. quit it. I can't, can't give it up. Quit you. Doesn't <laughs> stick heart. Not to, I, this is going to make me sound very stupid, but these thick heart walls, not a good thing. 
Well, it's not a good thing. No, you don't. You don't. Want, you don't want this. You don't. You want to live like this. No, it's the only no, place no. you don't want thick. It's the only thing you don't want thick on the body. The only thing, right? Right. right. Yeah. But yeah. So that's that's. I, don't, it, I was told it's not a massive worry, but something to keep an eye on. So. Yes. And they blamed it on exertion. Yeah. All the in the years. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I talking about big hearts. Uh, I want to talk about the fact that Sammy, you do have a big heart as well because you have created Sammy for Syria. And so could you use the last couple of minutes that we have with you to just give everybody knowledge about that that might not know about it? Oh, thank you for bringing that up. Uh, I'm always looking to raise awareness and to drive people towards it. Uh, It's basically uh, something I started in 2017 where I partnered with a a medical organization called SAMS, which is the Syrian American Medical Society. And basically, uh, to make a long story short, we basically raise all this money to start a mobile clinic, which basically brings medical care directly to people who are living in refugee camps or been displaced from their homes or who just don't have access to healthcare for whatever reasons, because they're living in dire conditions. So it delivers medical, medical assistance directly to them. And for all the, I don't know, complaining or whatever I'll do about social media and the ills of social media. It's, it's really a tool and it's all in how you use it. And uh, I will say the amazing thing about social media is all this money we've raised, all this, the ability to bring potentially life-saving care to people in a different part of the world, in a different country altogether, one that's war-torn and to be able to do it just by getting together on the internet, on social media and coming together and getting using our, our collective funds and our collective will to do something good. It really uh, was a, a wonderful thing. It's still going on right now. You can go to sammyforsyria.com and just donate money. And the money that you donate directly goes to launching this clinic and to providing uh, medications and keeping it well-stocked and paying the staff to to continue this this effort. Um, so thank you for asking me about it because I, I'm always trying to get people to donate and you know, because you can actually see the results of it. And that's another thing I really like, you know, and I'm not taking away from any other philanthropy, but the bigger scale you get, like when an organization like the Red Cross or something like that, I think part of what dissuades people sometimes from donating is it's such a large organization that you don't really know where your money's going. But in this case, any money you donate, you can actually physically see the results. You can see the results in this clinic. You can see the results in the number of patients that are being treated, et cetera. So it was a wonderful experience. It's still going on right now. You can always donate. Thank you very much for asking me about it. And it really opened my eyes to what we're able to do when we come together uh, with collective will. Like you said, as as gross and disgusting as social media can be sometimes, like yeah. when you see someone using it for something, that's such a good cause. And you can actually see that cause uh, affecting people's lives in such a positive way. It's it's nice to see you using this platform to do something that you're not only passionate about, but it's actually helping people. And it helps like, you know, restore, for lack of a better term, restore some faith in humanity, you know, because I feel like those are far and in between sometimes, especially in in 2020, you know, so, so thank you. Yeah, no, no, no. And this is just something I want to touch on real quick. And and you guys are doing it. And even the, 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 the very fact that your tagline or whatever is like the power of positivity, it's not nothing. You know, it's not nothing. And I, I think like, look, you don't, not everyone's going to be an activist. Not everyone's going to take to the streets. Not everyone's going to get involved to different levels, but we create the culture. You know what I mean? And, and especially you guys and me and everybody else who has any kind of platform, it's like, what are you doing with that? There's a responsibility there. That old Spider-Man line, right? Like great power comes great responsibility. To expand on that, I would also say the greater the power, the greater the responsibility. And sometimes responsibility isn't necessarily just shell out big money and give away all your stuff and live like a hermit. I'm not even saying that. I'm saying when you have a platform, you're in a position to help cultivate the culture. You can, you can create a culture. You can help say, you know, what's being, you know, what's cool, being compassionate, being grateful. Like, and people will go like, yeah, I listen to that person and I agree with that person versus creating a culture of, I don't know, 2020. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. we, we are in a position to, guide the culture into a way that's healthier. And I think that you guys are doing it. You guys, and, and, and again, I'm not just talking about through philanthropy, but just with your attitudes and what you bring to people, you're, you're exporting goodness. You're creating and, and, dis, and disseminating positivity. 
And I know that sounds silly because that's like a tagline, like new day power positivity, but you guys are doing that. It's not just a gimmick. Yeah. You guys are legitimately doing that. And so I respect that. And I think that's why there's, that's part of why there's this kinship between you guys and myself. Uh, and that's one of the reasons I think we, we click and why you guys are the only three people in the locker room that like me. <laughs> 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 on, on that note that's all the time we got with you Sammy thank you so much for, for being with us where can they catch you on social media where can they follow you yeah Twitter just at Sammy Zane Instagram Sammy Zane and you can go to SammyForSyria.com if you want to look into anything a little bigger than just uh, wrestling there we go there we go and you know you want to you love listening yeah. to this man you hear about all his fantastic backstage exploits and how much the entire locker room loves him <laughs> everybody everybody loves Sammy thank you guys everybody loves Sam appreciate you Sam we didn't even get into Sam Zane. I know, I know. so much. <laughs> I want to talk about your uh, Dominicans fit, the Seinfeld inspired Dominicans <laughs> outfit too. Mm-hmm. We, need, we need to bring you back for a part two. <laughs> that was honestly a ton of fun. Sincerely, thank you for yeah. doing it, man. Thanks, Thanks Sam. Thank Appreciate you, man. You, man. Good talking to you guys all together. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah good, look, good to see you. Yeah. All back in the locker room. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to feed you my arm just so you can yeah. to you. I know you want to. When I saw him last week, I immediately put him in an arm bar. <laughs> all right uh we know y'all enjoyed this episode so please make sure your friends take a listen as well and if you're talking about it on socials use hashtag new day pod make sure you're following us on our instagram our twitters i at xavier woods phd on instagram and twitter or excuse me instagram and twitter and you catch me on youtube at up up down down I am Kofi Kingston. You can catch me on the Instagram at the True Kofi. You can catch me on the Twitter at True Kofi. I uh, am at WWE Biggie on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, make sure to cop the New Day podcast shirt on WWE Shop. Uh, you can also cop our charity T-shirt. All the proceeds go to the NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund, uh, and that is my pin tweet. And it's also in my Instagram bio. Oh, also. So make sure to watch Laser Wolf. Uh, Laser Wolf is on HBO Max right now. Laser Wolf season two is coming this fall, uh, very soon. And uh, yes, that is. I think I'm out of plugs for now. If you if you get another one, you can throw it in. One more from me. Uh, the Up Up Down Down Shop just recently opened. Mm. Very excited. Uh, we've been selling shirts like crazy. Go to uuddshop.com. It is a separate entity. We run it. We design the shirts. We do all the stuff. So come through for your boy. As for this podcast, tell your friends to go listen to it. Tell them to subscribe wherever they listen to their podcast. Just hit that search bar, type in the new day, click the pink picture, the three black guys' faces on it, or just go to Google and type in New Day Podcast. You'll find it there on the first page. If you use an Apple, uh, make sure you give us that five-star review because it helps you boys out with those algorithms. How many stars? Five. Thank you. Thank there you. That's all I need. That's Respect. all your boy needs. You're wow. You're welcome. I'm maturing wow. in, my, in my young age. Thank you. No, you're getting old too. You're old.